welcome back, everybody. It's time once again for another episode of WVU Marketing Communications Today. Brought to you by the good folks at West Virginia University's Marketing Communications Online Graduate Programs. We explore unique Marcom strategies that will help you inform, persuade, and inspire your audience with the woman today who does all three of those on a daily basis here. Susan Jones, welcome. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. You make Eileen Pincus with us today? Yes. Eileen, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, Susan. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Eileen, I'm just going to uh, say a few words about what we're going to talk about, and then I have some questions for you. So... Eileen's topic is you can do more than survive crisis communications in the age of crisis. If we look at what Webster says, Webster says a crisis is something defined as anything that interrupts normal business operations. So it could be a turning point, a decisive moment when difficult decisions must be made. Eileen, as I understand it, not many organizations actually understand that themselves and they have no plan in place, which is must have been quite stressful during COVID-19 and all the things that came after that. What we're going to be talking about today, even the entities that carefully prepare crisis plans can fail spectacularly when those plans are tested. What you're going to be talking to us about is how to communicate through a crisis, and that will make sure your reputation and your very viability are not threatened. Let's get started then. Eileen, what are some of the basics about communicating in a crisis that may be overlooked? Thanks, Susan. And again, it's great to join you here. A couple of things about communicating your way through a crisis bear some repeating because, as you suggested, sometimes success is really about sticking with the basics and understanding the basics. And what are those? First and foremost, be authentic. Second, in order to be authentic, of course, you have to know yourself and your organization, your brand, your stakeholders, and you have to know those really well. Finally, you have to show up. You have to engage early and often, especially when you're communicating throughout a crisis. If we dive into those a bit, what I mean by being authentic is does your response to this crisis align with how your stakeholders see you and how you've been defining yourself? If all of your marketing and your sales and your outreach efforts tout your leadership in your field, for instance, as most do, is your reaction now during the crisis confirming that leadership? Or is your reaction very different now once you've been challenged and you're under heat? Warren Buffett said it takes 20 years to build a reputation and five minutes to destroy it. Wow. Why is that? It's because people, (laughs) right, and it's true because people, your staff, your clients, all of your stakeholders, they think that when a crisis hits, they're seeing the real you, the real state of who your company or your organization is. And you know what? I think they're right. And you don't have to be responsible for creating the crisis to be held accountable for it. Have you seen all these interviews with business owners lately saying, well, it's not my fault. It's Uh not our fault. We can accept that. But this 
is more about how you demonstrate through your communications your authentic reaction to this crisis. It isn't in aligned with who you are. And that leads to my second point. In order to do that, you really have to know yourself. You really have to know your organization, your business, your company, your entity. What, what do I do best? What do I believe in? If you don't know that, I don't care what your website says, I don't care what your mission statement or your vision statement are, that's not going to save you when you're tested. It needs to be from the top down and the bottom up. Everybody that could impact your image, your communications, needs to be on that same page. Does that sound right? Exactly right. And you can see, you can't start this process in the midst of a crisis. Right. Carol once said, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. (laughs) You, (laughs) You have to know where you're going. Who are we? I mean, I don't care if you're running a bar, I don't care if you're running a restaurant, I don't care if you're uh, running a manufacturing plant or an international company. You have to know who you are, know the basics, so that when a crisis hits, you're not reinventing that, and your communications align with that, they fit with that, and then you have to be very purposeful how you talk about that. Obviously, you have to know how your investors, your clients, your customers, even the people who work for you, how do they see you? Because you're not going to be able to make that stuff up once the crisis hits. That's for sure. Uh, Tell me, why do so many businesses get their crisis communications wrong, even the ones that claim to have a plan? In my opinion, it's got to do with forgetting the basics. Let me give you a great example from just a few weeks ago. You may have seen these headlines about an internal memo that Starbucks had. There was this memo basically saying that in order to keep staff safe, there would be a directive that said no staff should display any Black Lives Matter logos or T-shirts or paraphernalia. Yes, I saw that. Mm -hmm. Right, just in case it might agitate members of the public. There's nothing wrong per se in trying, obviously, to keep your your employees safe and not get into these confrontations with members of the public that you think might happen. But let's take a step back here. What is the Starbucks brand? Starbucks' whole brand is being at the forefront of change its appeal is especially to young, often urban customers who are very socially conscious and very aware. And here's that same brand telling the staff, well, okay, we mean that, but not right now. (laughs) (laughs) You can guess what the reaction was. Right. But how predictable was that? How predictable would it be to say, this isn't going to go over well, let's talk about what else we can do besides prohibiting our folks from displaying any alignment with this national movement, especially, you know, their own staff. And they do have to show what they stand for. They can't just be a blank image or a blank mask. So how did this turn out? Well, you know what? 
they realize their mistake very quickly. So kudos to them. They realize it very quickly. They obviously monitor social media very closely, and they got an earful. There were already boycotts starting. There were already, you know, there was just outrage. How dare you tell us? We can't, you know, especially when your reaction to things uh, like the Rainbow Coalition and OBGT issues is completely opposite. We can wear whatever buttons we like. So it smacked of hypocrisy. They recognized it right away. They reversed course. And not only did they reverse course, they wound up issuing um, Starbucks-issued T-shirts if their members wanted to wear them. <laughs> oh, great. Do you feel like they did that quickly enough to avoid long-term harm? a matter of days mm -hmm. and no harm no foul if your employees and your stakeholders feel that they forced you into it hopefully it was quick enough to where they didn't feel like you came to this realization kicking and dragging your feet <laughs> um, right. but at, at least they did it. it at least they reversed course this all was difficult enough before social media, but now we have this wild, wild west atmosphere of social media. So are there things that companies and organizations can do to maintain some control over events on social media and keep their reputation safe? Right. And it isn't easy, but it's absolutely necessary this day, this in, in this time. I, I must say that many companies and organizations get that. They're well aware their social media footprint is vital to their business health. But, you know, that brings about another basic of crisis communication. You have to control your story. So in this context, social media is going to tell your story for you. That means you're going to have to simply monitor it. You're going to have to jump in the moment you see these trends happening so you know at least what's being said about you. Whether you agree with it or not is not the point. You have to be on top of this because misinformation can spread quickly and catch fire. And I'll, I'll tell you, I am heartened that even small businesses these days get it. One of my favorite vacation spots is Rehoboth Beach in Delaware. And I note that my favorite hotel there keeps this running commentary to every comment posted, good or bad. They're non-defensive. They offer quick reactions. And very often, it's simply to post and say, I'm sorry that was a problem for you. Please give us a call so we can resolve this. And, and that accomplishes a great deal because even those reading the comments, you might think, okay, come on, really? You're going to come on here and post because they were out of beach towels? <laughs> but, they, <laughs> but they still, the reading public still wants to know, okay, now what are you going to say about that? What are you going to do about it? How are you going to react? You know, not exactly a crisis. But kudos to any company these days that monitors, that shows they're awake, they're paying attention to customers. And obviously, the bigger you are, the more necessary this is and the more difficult it is. Absolutely. So, Eileen, I have some more questions for you, but we need to take a short break for a message, and we'll be right back with you. 
And we just want to remind you that this year's Integrate Conference has gone online. Yes, it has. Like everything else, you can hear speakers from West Virginia University's Integrate Conference this year, as always, but it'll be online. They'll be exploring how and what to say during this unprecedented global pandemic, some of the things we're talking about today. And you can view the schedule and tune into the virtual sessions at integrate.wvu.edu. That's integrate.wvu.edu. And we also want to remind you that West Virginia University's new Digital Marketing Communications Master's Degree Program is fully online as well and can be completed in one year. With built-in certifications from platforms like Google and Facebook, the program gives you both the strategy and skills you need to reach audiences today on existing and emerging media like this. Learn more at Marketing Communications, that's one word, marketingcommunications.wvu.edu. All right, back to Susan and her guest. Integrate is a great example of crisis communication. They had to switch that on a dime and they have made it a pretty cool thing because it's now multiple days and multiple speakers and people don't have to travel to enjoy it live. So kudos to WVU for that. Eileen, back to you. Mm -hmm. We talked a little bit about top down, bottom up, but it's challenging to make sure everyone in an organization is on the same page about communicating. And I think it's challenging at any time. Uh, I always joke there used to be a McDonald's that I went to frequently, and you could tell when the manager wasn't there because the cat was away and the mice were playing and service went downhill and there was paper on the floor and so on. So, <laughs> How do we make sure that everyone is on the same page communicating, particularly during a crisis? The short answer is you can't. I spent a few decades as a reporter, and I can tell you someone will talk about what's really going on. No matter how many times you're going to tell them not to talk, that they can't say anything, it has to go through official channels, don't say anything about this, don't post about it, don't talk about it. Every reporter I know knows that you pay attention to the cracks because that's where the light comes in. Mm-hmm. And there's always cracks. So <laughs> a, a word of advice, worry less about making sure everyone keeps their mouth shut. It's just not going to happen. Worry more about doing the right thing, doing what aligns with your brand, something you can look back on and be proud of and proud to talk about and you can defend. That's more important. Yes, that is great advice. What can our businesses and organizations do to prepare to implement their crisis plans? Who Nobody could have predicted COVID, very few anyway. How do you plan for a crisis when you have no idea what it's going to be? You know, interestingly enough, there are whole organizations that have crisis plans exactly around pandemics. Yeah, you wouldn't know that right now. (laughs) (laughs) But there actually are. They spend years preparing and going through these kinds of what-if scenarios for exactly that kind of scenario. That's not to say that when the stuff hits the fan, everything goes well. 
I'm an executive coach, so of course I favor coaching, but here's the real thing. And again, it's a basic for many organizations and businesses, but listen, if you have a crisis plan and it's gathering dust in some drawer, you're not in good shape either just because you have a plan. If you don't test, people really don't know what to do or how this works or whether it's going to work, you're in trouble. Not only do you need some sort of plan, I remember when my kids were little and and the elementary school used to tell them, here's what you do if there's ever a fire in your house and you have this designated spot. And my kids came home and, okay, we have to have a plan. And I'm thinking, oh, Lord, we really need a plan. And by by golly, we had to have a drill. We had to have a drill. Okay, we're all going to meet here. We're going to go under this tree. And it just is a comforting thing for people to know there's a process. And then when the smoke alarm actually went off, did everybody remember the tree and the plant? No, no. Somebody's going to have to remind you. Somebody's going to have to say, oh, remember, okay, everybody, out from the house, go meet under the tree, wait there, safe distance. You still need people in charge who are going to have to remind you of the plan, but it only is going to work if you actually pull it out from the drawer and you test it. So even those who have a plan, come on, you're not covered unless you really think about this on an ongoing kind of basis. If my business is interrupted, if this happens, if that happens, what will I do? Is there a backup plan? What can I do? And what can I communicate about that? What can I tell my people who work for me about that? Good. That's great. So let's talk a little bit about training. And also, uh, well, can you train people better for a crisis so that they might remember? And then what else can we do to make sure we're positioned to survive a crisis? I can tell you this, you want to make sure the first time people hear about you isn't during a crisis. Because if they don't know anything else about you, and this is the first they're hearing about you, that judgment's going to be much, much harsher. Because they don't have any way of ordering this in their brain about, Do I trust these people to do the right thing? Do they usually do the right thing? I mean, this is why your local dentist might sponsor a Little League team and put the name on the back of their T-shirt so that someone says, oh, I know that guy. I know that. Wait, I know he's the sponsor of the Little League team. Now when I hear the business is failing or there's some problem, I have a little bit more information to judge that by. That's called a trust bank. This is why people do marketing campaigns and that sort of thing, but it can't be divorced from who you are. It doesn't work if you just turn this stuff over to some PR company and just say, come up with something that sounds good. Okay, I like that. Let's go with that. If that's not who you are, it's not going to work either. Well, that leads me to another question. You said the PR company, but I don't take well to it when the PR person of a company is the one that gets out front. However, some CEOs (laughs) are not great leaders when it comes to speaking out. So is there anything you can do to overcome a disadvantage if your CEO is not comfortable being the spokesperson? Right. And you will see, I think one of the most famous examples was Bill Gates back in the day. Now, if you listen to Bill Gates now, you'd never know this. 
But back in the day, he was not known as a strong communicator, kind of a geeky guy and no Steve Jobs, for instance. (laughs) But he's learned over time. He's learned over time how important it is to not just string facts, to actually have a message, to not assume that everybody knows what the heck you're talking about, (laughs) to take things up a level. In, especially in oral communication. He's learned a lot about this. And honestly, I don't know if he's had coaching <laughs> or if this is just getting out from under the CEO's you know, mantle and going on to something that he's discovered a new passion about. Maybe that's what we're seeing. But does it necessarily come with the title? And it always surprises me, even as long as I've been in communications in one form or the other, how often people think it just comes along with the title. We're going to name this guy CEO, and he's just going to know how to get up and do this. Right. <laughs> he's just going to be good at this. You know, he's good at everything else. And then the first time he goes in front of the board or the first time he speaks to the company, people smack their foreheads and say, whoa. <laughs> that's why, that's totally why executive coaches are so necessary, people like yourself. Our time has just flown by, Eileen, but I can't thank you enough for this. I've learned a lot in this short amount of time, and I want to thank you for being with us. Eileen Pincus, executive coach, has been with us to help us survive in crisis communications. Thank you. Thank you very much. listening to WBU Marketing Communications Today, brought to you live from West Virginia University, a weekly program that explores unique MarCom strategies that will help you inform, persuade, and inspire your audiences, right here on the Funnel Radio Channel, for at-work listeners like you.